What's going on, guys? Welcome to Week 8 of the Playbook with Joey and Zach on WZBC AM Sports Radio. I hope this week has been a good one and hope everyone's doing well. Tonight, we'll start off by recapping last week's NFL Divisional Round matchups and give our picks for each of the NFL Conference Championship matchups for this upcoming weekend. After that, we'll get into some, dis- into some discussing the Celtics' uh, two most recent blowout wins uh, and probably get into some uh, talk about the MLB Hall of Fame. Uh, Dave Ortiz was just inducted yesterday. He was the only one in the class. We'll get into talking about the guidelines and everything that goes into the MLB Hall of Fame vote um, and give our takes on that. At the end, we'll definitely have some time for some call-ins. We'll leave in some extra time. Hopefully, we do apologize for the late start. Um, uh, we Hopefully, we'll have some time for some call-ins. I think we will. Uh, so give me a text at 617-596-3150, 617-596-3150, if you're interested in calling in. We actually just learned how to use the phone in the studio just a minute ago. So give me a text. Let me know you want to come on. Then I'll send you the number that you call in on, um, and we'll go from there. But uh, we're looking forward yeah. to it. Uh, definitely come on. you guys have any questions, comments about any sport, any team, any takes, give us some. We'd love to discuss. Yeah, we'd love that. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, NFL divisional round took place. Um, four great games, honestly. Um, you know, starting with the Bengals and Titans on Saturday afternoon, and capping off with honestly probably the game of the year, um, with the Chiefs taking down the Bills forty-two to thirty-six in overtime. Um, it was a great slate of games over the weekend. A couple big upsets too, uh, with the Niners beating the Packers, um, Bengals, Titans, and Rams, Bucks. Um, so you know, it was a lot of great games to see. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts on uh, that first game, Joey? The Bengals, Titans. Yeah, it was a tough one. I did have the Titans taking that win. Um, I expected a little more from Derrick Henry. I know he came off the injury. I think he came up with like 62 yards and 20 carries and a touchdown. But um, I expected the Titans to actually have a little more firepower. I get that obviously Derrick Henry had the injury and it's probably still plaguing him. But uh, Tannehill did not look like the answer. Even though I'm a big Tannehill guy, I used to like him a lot when he's on the Dolphins. I just call him Tannehill, actually. Um, three interceptions from him, very costly. They still only lost by three because their defense played well. But... If Joe Barber doesn't score a touchdown, you lose. That's just – Joe Barber had like 350 mm. yards, but still. Tannehill, he had a tough game. It's ridiculous game. losing a game where, you, you know, Barber doesn't throw a touchdown, but you have three interceptions costing you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, I mean, both teams' defenses played great, honestly, that night. Um, you know, with Burrow not getting a touchdown, Tannehill only getting one touchdown and three picks, like you said. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily a stellar performance from either. Um, you know, Joe Mixon had an okay day. Uh, but the Tennessee defense held up well. Um, you know, their front seven is something special. Uh, Wyatt Ray, a BC guy um, out there. And, you know, it was a pretty slow game, to be honest, watching that game. Um, I mean, especially until the fourth quarter, you know, it was 16-16. It was pretty much a slugfest. And then there was only three points in the fourth quarter being scored where the Bengals uh, game-winning field goal. Um, so, you know, very slow game to start the weekend. Um, but, you know, it was kind of nice to see one defensive battle out of the four games. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase did his thing, had a couple big catches in that game, um, getting five receptions for 109 yards. Um, so, I mean, he played as expected. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for the Bengals. I kind of wanted to see them get that upset over the weekend. Um, you know, it's just fun to watch that team, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon, a lot of flashiness on that team. Um, you know, whereas the Titans, um, you know, I do feel a little bad for them with Derrick Henry coming back and, you know, a lot of excitement coming around that team being the one seed. Um, but you know, just watching them, um, something about watching the Bengals is just a lot more exciting than watching the Titans. I think it's just because of the one way they play. Yeah, yeah. One offense. That's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the most crazy, the most shocking game, the craziest game to me, Bills uh, Chiefs game was probably the most exciting, obviously. But the most shocking was the Niners Packers game because I, I thought the Packers would win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, they were set up perfectly last year. Yeah, the that way was they your did pick it, on the They were set up even better this year somehow. And still lost at home, you know, a home playoff game at Lambeau. Losing a game and only scoring 10 points. The Giants with Daniel Jones, honestly, I think could score more than 10 points. You might give up more than 13, obviously, but mm-hmm. we could score more than 10 points with the Jim Daniels healthy. That's ridiculous that Aaron Rodgers' offense only scored 10 points. Ridiculous. The Niners' defense did look good. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers sold a little bit. Um, you know, tough to see the Packers team go home, especially with their guy A.J. Dillon out there. Um, you do hate to see that. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has got to play better than that. Um 10 points against the 49ers definitely won't cut it, especially in the uh, NFC Championship. If he only put up 10 points against the Niners defense, what is he going to do against the Rams? Um, you know, stars to the defense out there with guys like Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Aaron Donald. Um, so that should be a great matchup, though, I think, in the NFC Championship going up 49ers-Rams. Um, but, yeah, getting into that game, the Packers scored on their first drive and then never got a touchdown after that. Um, you know, the 49ers stayed strong. Um 
you know, picking up a touchdown in the fourth quarter for the first one of the game. Um, and then Robbie Gold hitting a field goal to win it all um, in Lambeau, too, which is crazy, um, you know, in the snow. So, yeah, it was a good game. I mean, uh, obviously, I want a package to win, but close game. Every game is a one score game. The NFL loves that. I'm sure every game this week will be a one score game because that's just how things always shake out. Uh, but yeah, another thing was Debo Samuel. He played very well. Uh, another sensational electric game from him 133 total yards and two touchdowns. Um, he just does his thing every week. He took a couple of tough hits too and still got up, still played. I think a couple of times he went back to the sidelines and you know still stayed in there and persevered. So I'm hoping next year the Giants kind of use Kadarius Tony in a similar role. I think Debo, uh, you know, they're very similar players. Debo obviously is in a better offense, better system. They obviously use him a little better, but Mon Kadarius Tony next year, they you know give him a step up, let him get some uh, some carries just like Debo same with us, some end arounds, some streaks, some slants, some posts, mix it up. Gets them to be a lot more dangerous on the field, and you know I'm hoping that's the Kadarius Tony role next year. But Debo Samuel, sure. Debo Samuel is the best player though; he's unreal. Yeah, he's been electric this year. You know, um, picking up lots of rushing yards, lots of receiving yards, getting targeted in both um, aspects aspects of the offensive game. Um, you know, it's really exciting to watch a player like that just as a casual fan um, of the 49ers. Um, he kind of makes you know he's one of those guys that makes you want to watch the Niners if you know if you don't have interest in that team, anyways. Um, so yeah, good game there, and then. Next game, Saturday, had a great slate of games. So it was Rams 30, Bucks 27. Um, that game was kind of crazy because at halftime, the Rams were blowing out the Bucks. I believe it was 20 to 3. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the Bucks came storming back, led by Brady. You know, that was kind of the moment everyone was like, Brady is still the GOAT. Um, I still think he is, obviously. Um, but, you know, it was like, Tom Brady's going to do this again. And, you know, everyone believed it. Um, Crazy to believe we were playing pickup basketball at that time. Yeah, uh, shots up for Jamiro. So, Big season uh-huh. coming up. We'll cover some games on there. Mm-hmm. Give you guys some recaps. Yeah, that's where we've been the last few weeks. Um, Just balling. We've been in my uh, we got yeah we got a big uh, two intramural basketball seasons and an intramural pickleball season to be covered. So no Clippers too. Come on, mm-hmm. I got to wear the Clippers. <laughs> Joey loves his clips. When I ball, um, but uh, yeah, true. Yeah, we, we got we a big just, season coming up for that. I only saw like a little bit of that game, the Bucks uh, Rams. I saw like the first half. Just about maybe a little bit of the third quarter, and then I left. Probably it was still around twenty to three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I left at half time. I left. Yeah, I thought it was over, so went to ball. I thought so too. And then, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, all of a sudden, I see my phone blowing up, and it's my group chat from home. Like Tom Brady's the goat. Tough finish. You know, yeah, and and he made it close. I might be his last game. Third at twenty-seven. Well, yeah, he did make that. a post the other day. Um, I think it might be his last. He was just saying how he wants to focus on the family, and you know his career decisions aren't at the top of his mind right now. He just wants a decision to reflect and be thankful for the season. Um, and actually, our roommate Jack Flair the other night point, made a good point that the last time Tom Brady made that post was after the Pats lost to the Titans in the wild card round two years ago. And so a couple weeks after that, he left for the Bucks. So, um, yeah, this really could be the end. Um, I hope it's not. I hope he goes one more season and gives it, uh, gives it his all to win a Super Bowl. But if it is, obviously, he's had a tremendous career. Seven Super Bowls, um, you know, probably the greatest quarterback um, when it comes to fourth quarter playing down the stretch coming from behind Eli was close um, too though be careful he just never seen it like he's not Tom Brady though um, Eli was but, the clutchest quarterback though that season 2007-2012 uh, I'm, I'm talking every other year um, so obviously he had, he's had a tremendous career I hope this isn't the end because I'd love to see him keep playing um, but he's the GOAT and there's no question about it um, yeah it was a tough game for you know a tough game for the Bucks, especially since coming with the heavy offense you know they often score some points the defense uh, let you know Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham go down the field. Odell's back, six six catches, sixty nine yards. He'll get himself a nice contract after the season, I'm sure. Happy for him. I'm hoping the Rams actually win the Super Bowl for him. I'm rooting for them heavy just because I want to see him succeed. Grant Haley, Dante Dion, three former Giants there, rooting uh, root for them. Mm-hmm, Stafford's sure. got to get better though. Stafford's yeah, Stafford's got to play better, especially One for touchdown, two uh, picks. Come on. Second half, yeah, he really slowed down a little bit. First half, he looked pretty good, um, throwing two touchdowns. Um, you know, 366 yards for the whole game. Uh, Cam Akers played all right aside from the two fumbles. Um, he had a couple of decent runs, even though he only finished with 24 carries for 48 yards, um, which is a little underwhelming, but there, there were a couple of runs he broke out and looked pretty good. Um, and then, you know, besides that, Cooper Cup, every, he played as everyone expected, had 183 yards receiving, um, had a 70-yard play. Um, that really changed the game, yeah. And then he also had a big play to set up the Rams field goal in the, uh, by the end of the fourth quarter. Um, so big game from him. Odell, finally, he's 
been getting better and better every week, getting more touches, um, back, which yeah. has been exciting to see. Yeah, he really is getting back to his form that he was with New York um, many years ago. So overall, a great game. Um, honestly, could have been a contender for game of the week if it wasn't for the Bills. Jeez. Yeah, it could have been Brady's right last game too. So you think that'd be more of a headline, but uh, also, also before but we it's just everyone. Game, you know, it's like every Rogers, year. It's like Rogers game. I think I think Rogers plays another year. I think Brady. Yeah, I think Brady. Rogers has. Um, Rogers can't finish like that. But Brady, I mean. You come all the way back there and then um, lose a tough game. But it's every year there's a storyline, oh, will this be Tom Brady's year uh, that he retires? And it always feels like, no way. But I think this is the first time, at least for me, that I think, okay, like now he legitimately could retire. Yeah. I mean, you never expect um, Sean Payton, too, to step down, too, and mm-hmm. things happen. It's always a big headline. I uh, think That was crazy. I think if the Bucks made it to the Super Bowl and won, then Tom Brady would definitely retire. Um I only see Tom Brady either playing one more season or retiring, though. I think he's going to come out a couple weeks from now and either announce a retirement or say, this is my one last season. Um, you know, let's go. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Um, but I don't see him playing in, what year will that be, 2023? Yeah, he probably has one more year. If he does, I think this is it, though, for him. I, I'd say he mm-hmm. plays. But there, he was still great this year. The Bucks still it. finished 13-4. and four. Um, I mean, underwhelming divisional performance but yeah the wear and tear on your body though i know he's almost 50 he's gonna be 50 by the time he's done playing probably but mm-hmm. the wear and tear on your I, body does catch up to you that's why i think he's gonna call it and i think he sees mm-hmm. obviously they, they had a really good team this year and didn't win and i don't know if he wants to have a repeat of the next year yeah you could win a super bowl but same time you get himself hurt too and, mm-hmm. i think he's um, getting ready to live the, reti- uh, the retirement life too now you see him making his own documentary um and i'm sure he's seeing guys like peyton and eli manning on the manning cast on espn you know doing fun things like that um, he already moved to Tampa Bay, and you know he's out there playing golf and just living the life. And I think he's starting to realize probably around now that he probably wants to kind of live that relaxed life and still be involved with football um, somewhat. You know, I think whether that's part of being being part of a front office or coaching in some role, um, I definitely don't think he's stepping away from the game of football entirely, even if he's not a player anymore. Um, but I really think this could be it, and I think. You know, he's always training, too, even in the off seasons, He's always, you know, giving his all, playing like it's the season. Um, he's always the first one in the building, last one out. Um, always shows up to OTAs. Um, he's that kind of guy. So, uh, I mean, I really, wouldn't, I really wouldn't be surprised now if he decides that he wants uh, to spend more, uh, more time with his family and uh, retire. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. All right, move on to the next game. Uh, Bills Chiefs the game of the year probably maybe game of, of all time it was nuts it was one of the most exciting mm-hmm. games I've ever seen that was crazy uh, 25 points in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and on which was nuts Mahomes was unreal in the last two minutes of regulation and overtime 10 mm-hmm. of 13 hey, 188 yards two touchdowns he was unreal no turnovers by either team too that's another thing neither team turned the ball over that makes it an exciting game heavy offense everyone likes a, a high scoring game by 42-36 78 points total between the two mm-hmm. teams too so mm-hmm. uh Obviously, if it's a high-scoring game, people are going to be tuned in, zoned in, ready to watch. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that was the best game I've ever seen. Very close up until the end. I don't know how the Chiefs – well, the Chiefs' offense, I understand how they get to the 13 seconds. I don't understand how the Bills' defense lets the Chiefs go down the field for a game-tying field goal at the end of regulation, 13 seconds left. Mm-hmm. You break up that one pass, crazy. it's over. They couldn't. You know, Mahomes are right down the field. Mm-hmm. One or two plays. two, like, 25-yard plays in a row, which is just nuts. And both yeah. of them happened in, like, five seconds. They just kind of left Travis Kelsey wide alone on that one play. You know, he caught it about 15 yards ahead of the line of scrimmage and just ran it for another 10. And they had timeouts, too. So I really don't know what the Bills were thinking there, um, you know, kind of leaving them wide open in the middle of the field. Because um, obviously they had timeouts, so guarding out of bounds doesn't really mean a thing when there's only 13 seconds left on the clock. Um, but I think it's important, too, um, you know, to highlight Josh Allen's performance, just the way he played there, um, especially coming off the game of his life against New England last week. Um, you know, this he played lights out pretty much again this week, throwing for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks, leading that drive, that two-minute drill at the end of the game, which many, including myself, thought was it um, when he hit Gabriel Davis for the touchdown, his fourth of the game. Um, they connected all four yeah. times, Gabriel Davis and Josh Allen. Um, you know, everyone really thought that was it when there was 13 seconds left, and I really thought it should have been if the Bills' defense held out there. Um, and then, you know, getting to OT, too, it was a little frustrating just as a football fan. Um, you know, both offenses were playing at an all-time level, so it really felt like an, it ended up being that the winner of the coin toss won the game. Yeah, they got um, changed that. So, yeah, that's definitely something that's going to get talked about this offseason, something I hope gets get changed. a full quarter or both teams touches the ball. That's what they should do. Full quarter maybe be tough. So 10 minutes mm-hmm. or full quarter, I wouldn't mind, but 
Maybe make it both teams have to touch the ball. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, not touch. I understand mm-hmm. the rules. Even the college football rules, just let the team start at the 25 and just let them go. Um, you know, give them four downs to get the first down. I don't touch the ball just, both, though. I, mm-hmm. just, I hate losing on that. I hate winning on that, too, which you obviously want to win the game, but it never feels right. I'd rather win a game on both terms. You know, when you know your defense made a play and your offense could score or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You know, yeah, I can't imagine game. that feeling being a Bills fan. Um, you know, you don't even get a chance to win the game in overtime. That's really tough. Um, you know, even for New England and the, I think it was Super Bowl 51 against the Pal- uh, Falcons. When we tied up the game after being down 28-3, forced overtime, won the coin toss, drove all the way down, and scored the touchdown. I mean, it was awesome. I loved that. It. it was going crazy. Um, but, you know, just the feeling that, you know, what if the Falcons got the ball first? I mean, you never know. Um, you know, like, is that the way the game should end? And I really think, no, um, there needs to be a lot of changes in those kind of rules. And I really think they should offer more of a college football style. Um, rule just to ensure that both teams get the ball and you still get that kind of high octane red zone offense just going back and forth, which is really what people want to see at the end of the day. Because um, I know a lot of fans, including myself, would have loved to see Josh Allen get a shot in overtime too. Um, just you know, they're both playing at such a high level in that moment. Definitely, yeah. I think it's interesting. Uh, the NFL obviously has a lot to decide upon and see how that goes. And again, Adam Shepard said yesterday they've been discussing rule changes to next year, so we'll see how that goes. I think they should have just played a best-of-seven series between those two teams. Let them go at it. That should have been the Super Bowl because I don't know going to be a, no, another exciting game like that this season, maybe ever. That was just unreal watching it. Just every play was 30-yard, 40-yard catch, touchdown. You know what I mean? Everyone was going crazy, and it was a great game to watch. Obviously, you want that from a fan's perspective, uh, especially when it's not either of your teams because, I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan or a Bills fan, you know, you think your life's over both, you know, when your team's on offense, when it's on defense. Mm-hmm. As being a Giants fan in that situation, just watching, I mean, it's not as stressful. But the Giants are playing like that, I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to breathe. So probably a good thing the Giants were in right there. Probably would have had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we would have to uh, rescue you. Well, we'll see. We'll see, you know, how it goes next year. Maybe Daniel Jones wakes up, get the offense going, and who knows, we could be there. But NFC mm-hmm. Conference yeah, Championship yeah. coming this weekend. Uh, 49ers at Rams, Bengals at Chiefs. We'll give some quick predictions. Uh, who do you like in the Rams Niners game? Let's go. Um, I'm a big fan of the Rams. I think they've been playing great all year. Matt Stafford's a little shaky towards the second half of the season, but I think he's um, you know, bouncing back the way we saw him play in the first half of that game against the Bucks last weekend. Um, I don't think the Niners' defense will be as big of a problem as the Bucks' defense um, will challenge him because I think the defense will be able to get the 49ers' offense off the field way faster than they were able to get the Bucks' de- uh, offense off the field giving Matt Stafford more drives um, and more time of possession to kind of, you know, figure out that defense and get to work um, and start stringing touchdown drives together. Um, so I just don't think the 49ers defense will be a match for that Rams offense. And I think Jimmy G and co against uh, that stifling Rams defense with, you know, those stars that I mentioned earlier, um, I don't think they're going to be able to put up more than 13, 16 points. If they can only put up 13 points against that Packers defense, who was decent, but they weren't, I mean, they weren't quite as talented as the Rams' defense is. Um, so I'm going to go Rams 24, Niners. Uh, I'll go Niners 17, 24-17. Actually, the, the interesting thing is, yeah, I'm taking the Rams myself, but the Rams are, uh, the 49ers are 4-2 and in their last six against the Rams. Uh, but won both games this year, the 49ers, 31-10 in Week 10 and then 27-24 in Week 18. I'll still take the Rams, though. Obviously, higher stakes now. Game's more important, so they'll take it a little more serious. Uh, I think you obviously have to get Odell the ball more. Um, even though he's been getting the ball a ton, I think in a big game, let him shine. He's been playing great. Uh, I'll go Rams, 30-24. I do think the 49ers will keep it close. Every game's been a one-possession game so far. You know, In the last four games, this division on weekend, everything came down to the last play. The NFL loves that. They know everyone's going to be glued to the TV. Everyone's glued to watching commercials. Gets them more money, makes it more exciting. So I do think it'll be a one-score game. I'll take the Niners losing 30-24, Rams 30-24 win. So there see how it go. goes. I'll be rooting for the Rams too. So I'll get my Odell jersey on for that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the, uh, yeah, Rams are just a fun team to watch too, especially with the addition of Odell. Um, you know, more of a flashy pass-first offense, which has been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. And the Cam Akers is back too. So see how it goes. So yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Rams 30-24. And now Bengals-Chiefs, another good game. Two mm-hmm. offenses that, that can score points. I'm sure that'll be a close one. Um, Chiefs were unreal in that fourth quarter and, and, and overtime. Their offense was just unstoppable. I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, the Bills' offense was unstoppable too, don't get me wrong, but the Chiefs having it be this big of a game, uh, obviously having a chance at a Super Bowl. Obviously, last year didn't go well for them, but the offensive line, now they're an improved offensive line. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill still there, ready to go. 
Byron Pringle even played well last game. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs 27-23 over the Bengals. I think it'll be a close game, as I said, since the NFL loves them. But we'll see how it goes. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be more of a shootout. Um, I mean, both teams having average defenses, but neither really standing out um, on the stat sheet. Uh, both teams have super explosive offenses with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon on the Bengals side. And then Chiefs, I don't even have to say. Um, you saw the way they played in the fourth quarter of the last game. They were just unstoppable. Um, moving down the field so fast. I mean, so many times that fourth quarter, it felt like. Um, and, um, you know, I think um, probably a lot of points will be scored. Realistically, I could see the Chiefs get in the 40s as high as um, that number. And then Bengals, too, I think they'll be able to score in a similar fashion. Um, but honestly, probably not quite as much as the Chiefs. So I'm going to go Chiefs 44, Bengals 38. Oh, high score. Uh, yeah, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Be yeah, that'd be another money maker. <laughs> that'd be sights. Um, and another cool thing about that too, if the Chiefs take it, would be we'd get a rematch of that Chiefs Rams game um, back in November 2018 when that was the game of the year that year. A lot of people were saying uh, when the Rams won 54 to 51 over the Chiefs. Um, you know, the Rams made the Super Bowl that year, and the Chiefs ended up losing in the AFC Championship to the Pats. Um, that was a great game all around, and I know people, including myself, would love to see a matchup of that game. Yeah, definitely interesting to see. The NFL's got obviously a lot of viewers and, and everything's been going up. So I'm sure there's sites for four offenses that can score. Um, obviously, the Niners are the weakest of the four, but they can still put up points. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes, though. Um, let's move on to the Celtics, though. Celtics coming off two big blowout wins. Obviously, not yes, against sir. the best teams. 53-point win against Sacramento. Win's a win. 29 against Washington. And a win is a win. I want to beat better teams, be more consistent. Uh, I do, too, but... Win, but uh, you know, winning in that fashion against any team in the NBA, it's not an easy lead to win in. So, you know, when you... Go in and beat the uh, Kings by 53 and the Wizards by 29. No De'Aaron, though. Um, I mean, it's still all right. You're still playing a team of NBA guys. It's not, you know, beating yeah, the... Yeah, it's a very It's weak. not beating the Nets or the Bucks, it's but it's still... not talented, yeah. Yeah, you're still beating a team by 53, so... Much, if we could play like we did that night, we could beat anyone in the league. Um, let's see. Yeah, Tatum had a great game that game, dropping 36. He's been... When he's hot, this team's really on, and then, you know, when he's cold, um, you know, this team can get tough to watch. Because, um, you know, we really have been inconsistent this season. A lot of ups and downs. Before those two big wins that we just had, we dropped two straight games at home, uh, one against the Blazers and a close game last Friday night, and then against the Hornets last Wednesday as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two teams that we definitely should have beaten um, that are around like, the mid-range of their conferences. Um, so yeah, that's the issue with this team. I'm still frustrated, a little confused on what we should do. Um, I mentioned last week I do want Ime Udoka fired. I think I've seen enough. He makes a lot of questionable decisions down the stretch. Um you know, we haven't really every close game. It seems like we're in. We can't really pull it up. We beat the Buck, the Bulls two weeks ago, um, in a thriller, uh, one fourteen to one twelve. That was a great game to watch. Um, but, you know, that was really the last close win we had against a good team, um, pretty much all year. So that's really crazy to think about. Um, a lot of people are calling for big trades with um, the trade deadline coming up in two weeks. Uh, I really don't want to move Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. As much as I think this team needs kind of a fresh influx of players, I don't think there's any way we could get the value back in what either of those players is worth. I think that would be one of the worst mistakes ever, trading those two guys, um, just because they're both so talented and so valuable. Yeah, I and get I that. I don't think they can win just, together, though, so I don't see that. I think just changing them. the team around them needs to happen first. I think We've done it for five years, though. We've changed the team around them every single year for five but years. But we haven't really had a good cast around Walker, them. Kyle We've never Ryan had a good big them. man. We need a defensive point guard, too. That's That should be priority one. A guy like, it's going to be tough to pull it off, but if we could ever put together a package for a guy like DeJounte Murray, um, I know he's probably pretty tough to get, or De'Aaron Fox even, um, Shake Gilders-Alexander, a couple guys that names have been floated around a little bit, and um, some popular mock trades. I would love if we could get our hands on a guy like that without giving up Brown or Tatum. I think it would be a perfect compliment for the two probably of them. Could. Probably could. Get a defense-first point guard. I don't think this team can win together. I, I still don't see Tatum and Brown winning a championship. It's the same story every week. Every week or two, that is. You know, you win a big game that you shouldn't win, and then you end up losing two games to the Spurs, just like you named the Hornets. You can't lose to teams like that, uh, especially when, you know, you've you got so much talent on the team. You know, it's, and this team's not going to It is frustrating having consistent there. But I think it starts with coaching, too, because you see the lack of ball movement down the stretch, the lack of hustle That's on defense. That's because Tatum and Jalen Brown don't want to turn, don't want to pass the ball. But if, if you have a legitimate team. coach, not just, you know, a player's coach or whatever, like Brad Stevens and Ime Udoka, you know, someone who's really going to reinforce these habits, you know, winning habits in these players. Um, like, honestly, I wouldn't mind having a guy like 
they would have, even if you'd be playing Tatum and Brown 40 minutes a night, um, you know they'd be giving 100% for a guy like that. Um, but Ime Odoka or Brad Stevens, you, you know, you never really saw them. Um, no, they don't have really disciplined the players at all. That's the thing. So I think it starts with coaching. I don't think, you know, Brown and Tatum are being like that just because they can. Um, you know, sometimes questionable shot selection and um, lack of effort on defense. Um, but, you know, things like that really start with leadership and coaching. And I think it's possible to have both those things without trading either of those players. I don't think they're going to win today. So I would trade either one right now. You know my choice, Tatum. It'd be first one gone if I was the GM. I don't see him being a team player ever. He doesn't want to pass the ball. Always moping, crying for a call. Not a big fan of it. Um, I mean, Jalen Brown, Tatum, neither one of them are really team players. But I think Jalen's a little more, you know, fit to win a championship team. I think Tatum's more, you know, worrying about his own statistics and his own records and his own points and everything. I don't think he really cares about but winning we, as much. We've done it before, though. That's the thing. In the 2020 um, season before the bubble. Though. Um, you know, Tatum Brown. Uh, did we have Horford? No, we didn't have Horford that year. Either. No, he was on this. Um, we played him actually. In the that was Kemba's first year. Kemba played pretty well. Yeah. Um, we were great. We were, I want to say, that third seed before we were going into the bubble. That kind of shook things with the team, um, with the chemistry and everything. That I've, I've talked about this on the podcast multiple times before. I think that's kind of where everything went downhill. But we've seen before, even when they kind of, I would say that 2020 season was the year that Tatum and Brown both reached stardom. Uh, individually um, and we've seen that they can win together at that status before um, and it's just finding the right supporting cast around them and the right coach um, you know a voice that they'll listen to and learn and grow from um, is the most important thing and starting to get uh, start winning consistently um, instead of you know having like you said having one big win and then going and losing to the Hornets and the Blazers the next couple nights yeah that's the thing you can't lose those games and the Celtics definitely don't have the hustle and the heart that other teams do. I'm a Clippers fan as well. They were down 35 last night in the third quarter. Came back to win the game by one. Uh, they just don't quit. They're all dogs. They all got dog mentality. They're all ready to go. Diving on every loose ball. Hitting the head off the floor last year in the playoffs. Going into the crowd to try to make a play. I love that. I, I, I do weigh heavily. Hustle and, and, and heart. And the Celtics just seem to not have that to the degree that they do. And I don't know if it's Tyron Lue. Obviously, he's a great coach. Maybe that plays a role in it. But either way, though, it's just ridiculous. Hopefully, we can figure things out with the Celtics because we need to be consistent and win against good teams. Obviously, you yeah, have two wins. You know, two what wins I take, but Sacramento's well below into five hundred. I think Washington's right around that, maybe a game below. So hopefully, yeah. we put together yeah, two mid tier teams. Uh, we'll so. see how it goes. I actually uh, think we're gonna first call in here, a second. Um, mm, while he's calling in, though, um, I do just want to say we need more intensity in the locker room. Um, you know, having a guy like Marcus Morris back in those 2019, 2020 seasons was huge for the team. Um, you know, someone who's gonna keep guys in check. Um, and, you know, give his heart out on the floor. Marcus Smart's good at that, but I don't think just that one guy in the locker room is enough um, yeah. on the court. Yeah. We need more gritty defenders out there. And I think if we can surround Brown and Tatum with guys like that, then we could be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, so he definitely has a talent for it. So that's the issue with me. Here we go. First call in here. Hopefully you can do it right. Do it on your phone. I want to try that. It won't, try it won't pick up on the podcast. It'll play over that, won't it? I did before I try it. Put it on and hit this. One second. And then with the phone button here. Phone's this one. On. Here we go. Let's see if it works. Might have some technical difficulties here, but I'll have them call in on my phone, actually. Yeah, just one minute. Hold on one second. We have some technical difficulties. We tried to figure out earlier, but we're not really uh, too technical with whole studio and, and everything. Mm, there's so a lot going on there. Hold on one second. I'm getting it right now. Anyways, though, so we'll come on here and talk some Celtics. Um, hopefully give us some takes on what he thinks, what the Celtics should do, what they need to do. See how it goes. Going to give him a call right now. What's going on, Unc? We have Frankie calling in from Norwell. What's going on, Unc? Frankie, how we doing? What's going on? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing, guys? Doing pretty good. Doing well. Happy you're coming on. Happy to hear some of your takes. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on. He knows more sport. He knows more about sports than anyone. So Let's having go. you come on is an honor. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I'm 
appreciate that. I've been watching 150 years, so I get a lot of experience. There you go. You know <laughs> your stuff. Let's hear what you have. What do you want to talk about? Some Celtics, Red Sox, Dave Ortiz? Look at the Celtics and people get all excited about the winner by 53 against a mediocre team at home. And they were talking about how great Marcus Smart was. Even though he didn't score any points, he was a facilitator and this and that. Well, I mean, that's great. And, you know, in a game in January at home. Um, yeah. You know, what's going to mm-hmm. happen in the playoffs? I mean, how are they going to get past Philadelphia and Brooklyn? I mean, yeah, if, you know, if KG walked through the door tomorrow and magically appeared on that team, he could control Brown and Tatum and put them in the place that they need to be. Absolutely. But, but short of that, where did that guy come from? I mean, you could trade anybody you want. Marcus Smart, you, you know, <laughs> Horford, the whole rest of the team, the coach included. It doesn't make any difference. If you don't have somebody who's going to put Tatum and Brown you know, you need a peer, a peer person. Is Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Orford's not, not strong enough to do that. He's not talented enough. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's a nice piece. And I, you know, Good I leader, understand yeah. the complaints with the coach. And I, you know, I know Brad, you know, made this trade to, you know, get this mid-level exemption, you know, salary cap. The trade exemptions. Yeah, we have yeah. a ton of those. What, does, what difference does that make? I mean, so like, yeah, we saved, what, like, five million? Yeah, we're on the plane right now. I yeah, want to say we're the nine. Seed. Yeah, we're the ten. Nine or ten. So, so right I outside. Mean, you know, how are they going to get past that? I mean, you know, it's... I know that, you know, Giannis ended up getting drafted at 15. And so, you know, some magical thing has to happen. Somebody with that kind of talent has to... Absolutely. Got to find a steal. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. And, and just like you said, the sixes... Nets, Bucks. I don't see us really competing with any of those teams, especially in the playoffs. You can't. You're not going to win four games against any of those teams. So I'm with you there. No, no way, one's covering Embiid yeah. either. So that's another thing. By himself, mm-hmm. he could beat us. And so, are we? Are we going to be? You know, happy that we make the playoffs? Is that where we're at? I mean, I think you know the Celtics have a great tradition, and you know, sports in general in Boston have a great tradition. You know, and I think mm-hmm. having Ortiz get elected today, despite the lame accusations that they, you know, sort of try to attach to him. And yeah. obviously he didn't stick like it's like to Clemens and Bonds and those guys, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he was tested randomly, 7 in the morning in the Dominican Republic, for God's sake, and he never had a positive test in all the years. It was always speculation. I'm with you there. It's ridiculous. And some guys even make it in, like, you know, Evan Rodriguez, Mike Piazza, they had a ton of allegations against them. They still made it in. But then yeah. guys like Barry Bonds, obviously. Barry Bonds did test positive for it, but uh, Roger Clemens never did. So you're not wrong about that. Exactly. And even, all right, so maybe instead of being a 364-game winner, he's only a 300-game winner. He's still a Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can't write baseball without him. I mean, I know the criteria are pretty vague, and they have a lot of subjective, you know, facets to them. I don't I don't understand, you know, how they can, like, Dan Shaughnessy only voted for one player. Yeah, and, and they left the other six I mean, votes blank. Me, you, should, you know, <laughs> you should lose your vote. If just for, I mean, you come out and you say, I only voted for one player, and the one player was Jeff Kent. You covered yeah. Ortiz in Boston, you didn't vote for Ortiz. Ortiz is mad about it. Ortiz is mad. I don't blame him. I'm with you there. Yeah, Piazza and, you know, Ivan Rodriguez still made it in with their allegations, and I don't understand. Barry Bonds, obviously, MLB home run leader, and, and, and obviously Roger Clemens has the most Cy Youngs ever. I don't know how you can write the story of baseball without them in it. I understand there's allegations, this, this, and that. Still one of the most important players in baseball history, both of them. You know, you can't write baseball without them. And David Ortiz, too. I mean, happy you got it. Bet on baseball. I mean, you know, oh, my God. Now, you know, all the major league teams are signing up with these sports gambling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And still he's the the hit leader throughout all history in a time when there wasn't a DH. I mean, you know, you think about it. He was in the field the whole time. Absolutely. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yet, you know, he's he, you know, not under consideration because he was such a hideous, horrible human being. I don't know. I don't know anything about the man. But he's accused of betting on baseball. Maybe it was proved he bet on baseball. I don't yeah, know. I get that. Mm, yeah, you never know. change him on the field. If you say he's not going to be elected as a manager or a coach, but he's going to be elected as a player, whatever. That doesn't make sense to me. You're right, Pete. Mm-hmm. Pete yeah, Rose, it doesn't change the way he played on the field. Pete Rose... Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. I mean, he was even close last year and missed it by 16 votes. Just barely missed it. This year was a little well, more he off. He missed it because he came out and said they shouldn't be allowed to vote. I want to have my name taken off the, the list. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, these people are so petty that that's all he needs is an excuse to take you off the list, and then you won't get in. 
You're right. If you can tell uh-huh. me that you want another pitcher besides Clemens or uh, Schilling pitching in Game 7 of a World Series, I'd like to know who it is. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You were the best to ever do it there. It's just ridiculous. And especially if you think about it, as I said, you know, everyone gets a vote. All those guys get to vote. If you're leaving a blank ballot, I completely agree with you. You should lose your vote if you're leaving anyone blank. There's no reason yeah, for to not sure. vote. They, why, why are you leaving it a blank ballot? Mm-hmm. They said I mean, there's definitely not talent protested. on that ballot. Yeah. Exactly. They say guys protest the vote. Well, you're not going to have a vote that next year. Right? How do you feel about exactly. that? Exactly. I, I agree 100%. I mean, it's a, you know, somehow the voting got handed to the baseball writers. I mean, if yeah. the, fan, you know, the fans should have a component of a vote, you know, like the Absolutely. All-Star game, and then they give the, the players the component of the vote. That's, like, that that's how they do it. It make a lot more sense. The Hobie Baker Award does that as well, where you, where you break it down from the 40 candidates all the way to 10 through player vote, you know, team voting and, uh, See, you know, I fans voting. It makes so much yeah. more sense. It, it, you know, it's the same way, I, you know, we watched... I can't remember which college game it was, the football game you were talking about. We're switching subjects a little bit. That's fine. No, I love it. I love it. We, well, we have, um, you know, a, a really good solution to the problem of the Bills not getting the ball in overtime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Game. I mean, you know, the was it Alabama? I think Alabama was playing maybe LSU, maybe Georgia, but they went back and forth. They, they mm-hmm. stood on the 25, and then after three times, you have to go for two-point conversion. Yeah, that's the new rule. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I mean, you know. And, you know, the NFL, you know, probably thinks, well, if college thought of it, it's, you know, we're too good for that. Well, they come up with a better rule than a coin toss. You're I mean, right. You know, mm-hmm. the Chiefs were living that, you know, Brady won the coin toss and beat them, you know, in the AFC Championship and you know, but it was fine when they when they won the AFC Championship and the other team didn't get the ball. So yeah, I mean they can at least at the least just make it so teams get the ball at least once. Just keep the rest of the rules the same and just say, um, even if the first team scores a touchdown, then the second team should at least get a chance to match it. Yeah, why not? It makes it interesting. Exactly. Or you know, in time you have to go for two something. Make it interesting. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of different solutions, but leaving it the way it is and just say, well, this is the way it's always been. <laughs> yeah, but the, there's, there's too much riding on this. You know, it mm-hmm. used to be when it was honor and privilege and this. And I'm talking about, you know, you know, Kelsey makes a fortune. He's going to make more of a fortune because the highlight's going to be from his next contract negotiation and going out all alone down the scene with 13 seconds Wide left, open. 8 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no one in the area. That are unclear. Then he catches the ball in the end zone. We could be we could be better than that. The Broadway Christmas football game. Me and Chris are gonna be out there killing it. Frankie too. I'm telling you. Well, I mean, you know, I could have thrown the pass. Oh, absolutely. He is a cannon. Why do you let him release off the scene now? Do you think that that's a coaching mistake or a player mistake, or that there's something else at work? I think it's a I think it's a coaching mistake because they they were playing leaving the middle of the field open knowing the Chiefs had timeouts, and you can never mm-hmm. do that. If you know the other team has a timeout, you have to cover the entire field like it's they can still stop the ball. Yeah. And they don't have to spike it. So Yeah, they were kind of play playing like they were only trying to stop a Hail Mary. And you have to play else. conservative and don't yeah. give any yards. I'll tell you, it just looked suspicious to me. I don't. I, I sound like a conspiracy theorist. That was me How before. It was weird. How do you let Cooper Cup run past you? You're right. It, it wasn't one thing. It happened multiple times on one weekend where these ridiculous plays that shouldn't ever happen happen. You say, well, they're all human and they can make mistakes. Yeah, but they're also the best athletes on the planet. Yeah, I agree with mm-hmm. you. That's that's just like the Chargers uh, and Raiders game that went down to the last second. The NFL talked about there's a tie all week, that both teams are going to the playoffs, and the NFL definitely did that on purpose. I agree with you there. It sounds like I'm a uh, conspiracy uh, theory believer, but... That's the thing. I, they knew they brought it all the way down to the last second of that game, so everyone was glued to the TV and talking about this is history in the making. Everyone's watching. Everyone's glued. They knew what they were doing. I completely agree with you. And I, you know, it may sound crazy to other people, but I see eye to eye with you there, and if we agree about something, that's when I know I'm in good company. <laughs> I do just think it's weird, too, the way the Bills are playing defense at the end of the game. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's like when Brady got hit under the chin with the helmet from Vaughn Miller, and then he gets a that should have been right from the pass. It's helmet to helmet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's 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 not a uh, you know well you've seen where the you know a guy swats his hand and barely brushes the quarterback's face mask, but that's they call the it. The rule is the rule. Absolutely. So instead of getting 15 yards for them, they get 15 yards against them. It was a 30 yard penalty. 
Oh yeah, I say it every play. So I mean, it, you can't tell me that it, it was he was you know his delicate sensitivities were so offended by Brady's language after he's bleeding from getting the helmet to the chin. It's mean, ridiculous. Yeah, no way. You're not wrong, but uh, I just want to hear your take about David Ortiz. Obviously, uh, a Hall of Famer, great. Uh, he was at the game 2013 with David Ortiz. Game two of the I think it was the ALCS right against the Tigers. We were down five to one. Five to one it was. Oh, wow. He was, was there for the game. Grand Slam. Yeah. Talk about that environment. I'll never forget, turning, your father was sitting beside me. I turned to him and said, he's going to do it. And I remember the, the, it was the first, the, the warm-up guy looked like he was going to be unhittable. And I, and I sort of took it back, but I had faith that Ortiz had come through so many times before. The first pitch, he sort of like lunged towards the ball, full swing, the ball took up. We jumped out of our seats. I can remember the guys. I, I don't remember Tory Hunter going over the, the fence because I saw it was the policeman's hands going up. And, and you know, we're hugging and jumping everybody beside everybody else in the aisle. It was, it was unbelievable. The most electric environment, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd imagine. You saw a lot of David Ortiz games. Long-time season ticket holder. He's probably saw most of the 541 home runs and the 1,700 RBIs. I saw a lot of David. And you know the thing that, that was great about David is that he was great day in and day out. I mean, when the team was down, and again, you know, it's a long season. It's, it's hard not to take plays or have bats off or whatever. But I mean, I never saw him give that bat away. I saw him be overmatched. Yeah. You know, strike out against a, a good pitcher. The next time he came up and he drove a ball off. Absolutely. Passes. I mean, that, you know, it's it's inside competitor. It's what makes Brady great. And you, know, you can't measure that. These guys get all these measurables at the combine, but they can't measure their height. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Teammate, they're going to be. I mean, I, it's the most important I, thing, I, too. You know, I'm thinking about your Giants, and I really hope that they're able to get, you know, a GM coach combination that will focus. I mean, they have some, some great weapons. If you start with the quarterback, you know, yep. you're, you're, you're he's a Dan Jones believer. They got the kid Tony you were talking about from being like Debo. Yep. He can be better. I think he's faster. He is faster than Debo, Sam. He is. He is faster. He just used better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. Georgia Stetson Bennett was out there, too. Yeah. You see the size of the guys blocking for the Georgia quarterback, and the defensive linemen on Alabama are not tiny by any Oh, they're all huge. 6'5", 6'6". They look tiny compared to the Georgia offensive linemen. It's like, you know, I don't care what they run at the combine. I mean, how many times your offensive linemen going to be down? I you know, I want my tackles to be able to block interior and around the edge. Absolutely. You're right. And he's actually a Daniel Jones believer. He's actually, me and him and my father were the first ones. He actually was one of the ones that convinced me, him and my dad. Which I was, oh, okay. I was like Daniel Jones. I wasn't all in completely, but in the last year and a half, I've been all in. And he was, my mm. uncle's been one of them yeah, that, that support him through through the thick and thin. Yeah. He did. He did. He's the kind of town I would never run the quarterback draws and the, the design runs that they do for Josh Allen because I just think you're asking Josh Allen to get killed. I know yep. the kid's 6'4 and 220, and somebody 6'5, 260 is going to hit him. You're right. I, mean, I, I just think yeah, it's, it's you boring. don't want that for your quarterback. It caught RG3, and it, it even hurt Lamar this year, too. Lamar got hit a couple yes. times, missed like four yes. or five games because of it. You're right. It's a dangerous game, and you know, running a guy over the middle, never the best idea, especially when it's your starting quarterback because. Seeing what the Giants had in the backup position, we weren't going to win. Yeah, anything. a lot of times it's just not worth it. Those runs. Quarterbacks. How many quarterbacks have a real chance to take their team to the playoffs starting off? Maybe twenty out of the thirty-two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah, get eliminated teams right away. And then ten of them mm-hmm. get hurt, so then you have ten that are left over. Look at the quarterbacks that are all left. I mean, there's no slouch quarterbacks left. There's a reason for that. They're all good. You're right. All the good. Mm-hmm. Came up the next three drafts to get Stafford. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's and the same takes. quarterbacks are going to stay healthy every year too. Your boy uh, they Brady. Get well, yeah. Both of your boys, Brady. You guys both love him, so I know how's well, him well, staying you know, healthy is always most important. I've started going to TB12. The the body coaches there, they really have a great program about getting you, you know, fit and getting you flexible, and it makes a big difference in your everyday life. And so I think it's he's discovered that at the right time, and I think it's going to be hard for him to walk away. You know, I I heard an interview. Um, from, from last year, and he said, "Well, you know, now that you've home, you go." He said, "Well, you know, it's really hard to walk away, and I love what I'm doing. I know all the defenses, and I never felt better. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I figured out how. I, I'm not sore after a game. I, I do all my pliability, my work, and I feel, you know, perfectly fine. And so, I have plenty of time off in the off season. You know, my wife 
you know, would like me home some, but she doesn't want me home all the time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He still, he still played very well this year, too. I actually had him in fantasy. Brought me to yeah, the playoffs. With yeah, still a great year. Led the Bucks to a good 13-4 and record. So he brought didn't me really to the playoffs. much better. He brought me to the playoffs in fantasy. I didn't win, but... He brought me they had a great season. I don't I don't think it's hundred percent he's done. I just feel like it could be. That's why I went with my gut. But I do think he'd go one more. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I think the league would really suffer. Yeah. It's like yeah, if LeBron absolutely. leaves. If LeBron ever retired. It just wouldn't be the same. They're not gonna get Jameis back, huh? <laughs> Keep Brady in there if that's the case. I know, yeah. But, I mean, there's other guys now that have the same effect as Brady almost um, yeah. in terms of popularity. Guys like Mahomes, Josh Allen now even, Joe Burrow's getting up there. A lot of good quarterbacks. In terms of uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's fame. Who's going to win the MVP for this year? Aaron Rodgers is my vote. Probably, yeah, for the regular season, Aaron Rodgers. What do you think, too. though? I, I want to hear your take on that. Could be Brady. I think, well, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, Brady has so many weapons, so people take it for granted. Well, anybody could do that. Well, that's not true. A lot of people have weapons and they don't, you know, can't get it there. I mean, I think, you know, you're talking about Joe Burrow. You know, <laughs> if good, he was yeah. on his butt 11 times, how many times he gets sacked? Nine. Nine, yeah. Nine times. Nine. I mean, we could have gone in there. I mean, I think, I hope that the Cincinnati coaching staff will devise a better plan to keep him upright. Because I think mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is as dynamic and uncoverable receiver as there is. I mean, who's going to cover him? I mean, how are you going to cover him? You, you know, you yeah, no one in the Chiefs, really. You know, <laughs> you know, midfield and over the top. But, I mean, if you just get the ball in his hands, even on a, you know, out and out route, you know, he's so big and so fast. He's so good. Mm-hmm. He is. He's yeah, he's jet. really unguardable. He's a gem. Um, yeah, the Bengals definitely do need to find some O-line answers, though. Um, this season? But, or after the season? Yeah, I, I really say. don't think it can happen until the offseason, though. Well, see, uh, just with the unit they have right now. The Bucks didn't make more adjustments when Aaron Donald was messing up the whole thing. You, you yeah. have to put Gronk on that side. When you have your starting right tackle, who was an all-pro, right? Worse. Yep, worse was all-pro. Yeah. Great pick. Why, why do you not leave Gronk or... or you gotta leave they put the backup in, just one-on-one with Aaron Donald. It was ridiculous. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, that was a little brownhead. How can you tell me these coaches are geniuses? Yeah. I'm, I don't know anything about, about football. And you I know your stuff. Well, if you see that person <laughs> screwing up the whole game, you got to take that person out. I mean, Belichick has made a living off of that. Whatever. Absolutely. Situational football. Situational football. you got to know what the down is. got to know, obviously, we got to get this ball out quick because you know Aaron Donald's coming in within a second and a half. Got to get it out quick, and that, that that's what the Bucks weren't doing, and I wouldn't blame Brady. I mean, he was looking, you know, at, through his first progression and was getting hit before he could even look upfield. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and you know, and losing Godwin on what I think is a dirty hit, I think that has to yeah. be addressed. That was a big yeah, loss. Yeah, that, that was a big I mean, loss for the team, too. Brady's favorite receiver. You don't want a receiver, but it's a dirty hit. You know you can ruin the guy's career. There absolutely yeah. be a thing that's a dirty hit, but legal. Absolutely, I agree with you there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. guys get hit over the middle all the time, it's legal, but they get killed, you know, and then... The NFL thinks they're doing a lot to, to, to prevent that, but look, every single year there are guys getting hit late, hit, you know, when they shouldn't be, ball's already out of their hands, they dropped it, they're still getting, you know, drilled mm-hmm. as they're coming down to the ground. They can't land. It almost seems like the NFL kind of likes it too, just for the entertainment value of those hits still. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. 15 yards is nothing. At the yeah, end of the guy's I... career. The 15 yards is Yeah, those two things don't equal each other for sure. You're right. I mean, you, you, might have, you might have taken, you know, if he's making whatever, six, eight, ten million a year for the next five years, that's millions of dollars away from his life and family because, you know, all of a sudden he's not quick enough anymore. I mean, it, there's no, you know, he might come back enough to be a normal citizen, but not enough to be an NFL star receiver. Maybe not a wide receiver mm-hmm. one anymore. I mean, he's, he was out yeah, there the last three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be tough to replicate that level of play after that injury. Yeah. He bought in. I think if they had him, I think it could have been a different game. But again, you know, Cooper Cup goes behind you. At the end it's of ridiculous. The game, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. We could have ran that go route. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Chris could have ran that go route. Me and Cup, we could have thrown a touchdown on that play. Our fly football team could have covered that one. Yeah. That tells you that the guy didn't wasn't out physical he was out thought he just you know the guy ran past him and he tried to chase him down and didn't have enough time that's what happens it's a part of the game obviously and 
There's going to be injuries, but I agree with you. A big one, losing a guy like Godwin. Yeah, um, for sure. And also, I mean, even the guys that are on the field, you're right. The defense can't let Cooper Cup go down the field like that. You still yeah, have guys helping. you can't let him get behind you like that. No way. In the, one of the last plays of the game. Especially when it's the NFL. You, these guys are supposed to be geniuses and know everything about the game and every in and out of every player. And you're still losing plays like that and losing games. That's one of the first things I tell you in training camp, too. You know, on big plays like that, don't let a receiver get behind you. Yeah. You would think that should be. Yeah, right. They practice it and, you know, all year long, all summer. And then in a playoff game, that determined it happened in two different games. You know, I yeah. Was, mm-hmm. it, it just it just amazes me. They got to change something, though. I'm with you there. But uh, hopefully there's some change in the NFL. Hopefully the overtime rule, like you said, hopefully the MLB Hall of Fame makes a change, too, with their voting system out of the Baseball Writers of America Association. You know, that's a ridiculous system. Hopefully they figure that out, too, and get a little more fan involvement. I agree with you there. I think it add a lot to the game by adding fan voting to the MLB. For just sure, yeah. Little, make it 5% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, just add some excitement around it. Bonds too, probably, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And Schilling too. Yeah, Schilling, Schilling was close. Yeah. He was still great. Yeah. And Clemens was still great too. And he never even tested positive. Oh, he did test positive with it. No, he didn't. Clemens never did. did. Bonds no, did. did. Yeah, yes, you're right. So that's the thing. I, you know, I, I don't know what everybody's taking something, whether it's vitamins, or fish oil, or creatine, or whatever. They're all doing everything yeah, exactly. to stay in. Absolutely. You know, and, and so what's legal and what's not legal? I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, we have to make some changes, though. Something's got to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think when you have players like, like you know, Clemens and, I think Rose is the biggest one because it's not a question of his baseball. It's a mm-hmm. question of his character. Look at if you want to take off, you know, ten percent of the vote for character, he still should be a first. Oh yeah. Unanimous. Yeah, easy. Yeah. He hits leader for all time with no designated hitter. I, I just don't understand it. Now, look at if if you want a role model, you know. Find a spiritual leader. I mean, I don't know. I don't think. I agree with you. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, something yeah. changes. <laughs> they need something different. Yeah, we need something. To they might need you in there to, to make some, implement some changes in that MLB system. But uh, you know what I mean. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But thank you so much for coming on. It means a ton. Yeah, thank uh, you so much. It's definitely a pleasure hearing Appreciate all your takes. It. Hopefully, come, have you come on again anytime you want. Any topic, any sport, any team. We'd love to have you. You're always welcome, and having your insight means the world. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening too. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right, you're the best, Doc. Have a good night. Take it easy. All right, bye bye. All right, and uh, with that is the conclusion of another great episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun doing this, and I'm glad to have another week in the books. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Quick shout-out, uh, my boy Eduardo at the front desk, work security for BC um, in 2000 Commonwealth Ave. Uh, he's the GOAT. Best, go. best, guy that's yes, worked at, best guy I've met that works at BC. Um, BC's definitely lucky to have him. He's the man, he's the myth, he's the legend, he's it all. Um, and I definitely look forward every single day to seeing him uh, and being able to have a conversation with him because he really is the man. So, just have to give a quick shout out. He listens mm-hmm. to our show every week. Um, sure. Always been a big fan. So, definitely got to show him some love and some respect. Um, he's also from Boston, too. So, not many people are from the city itself around here. And I'm happy he's he's one of them. You know what I mean? He knows I'm from Southie, too. So, we had good conversations about that, which has been lit. But, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as, as Zach said, another great week. We'll be back on next week, uh, next Wednesday night from 7 to 8. We'll be talking about the bean pouch. It'll be a week after that in the NBA trade deadline which will be a week after that as well. Um, hopefully we'll see how that goes, but thank you guys again. And uh, one more quick shout-out to Loftus family, my family for listening, Tommy, thank you. And shout-out, Unc, thank you again for coming on. really appreciate it. Have a great night, guys. Thank you.